In an announcement no one expected, the leader of the opposition, Todd Muller, has resigned, meaning putting the National Party back into leadership chaos um, within only a few months of having taken over. I'm joined by taxpayer union analysts and former National Party Research Director Neil Miller and Damien Grant, libertarian, contrarian, stuff columnist and proud taxpayer union member. Gentlemen, thanks for joining Taxpayer Talk. Kia ora. Kia ora. Damien, Neil, this came as a surprise. Did you have any sort of... Um, full shadow or any idea that what was happening in the background on this? I had literally no uh, idea that, that it was coming. It, it, the first I saw about it was when um, it came through on our, our work intranet. And so, yeah, I, I have some sources in the caucus and uh, I hadn't heard any kind of disquiet. This does appear to be a decision that Todd Muller took by himself uh, and didn't even involve his inner circle or his uh, senior staff. Damien, you've been pretty critical of Todd Miller and um, and certainly put the taxpayer union leadership in some awkward situations <laughs> in relation to your, some of your stuff columns. You, what I do best, Jordan. You're probably pretty pretty happy about this, but did you see it coming? No, I didn't. And I was actually talking last night to somebody reasonably close to um, the uh, leadership and there was no uh, indication. So I think this was something that Todd did on his own, and I think we should probably take his statement at, at face value, that the job was had taken a large personal toll on him. There does appear to have been a large number of missteps. I don't think those missteps are, were potentially fatal. I think it's just, and again, taking it at face value, I think the toll was much greater on him than what he had expected. The leader of the opposition has been described as the toughest job in politics, and I think only those who have actually done the job um, I can understand it. And you only have to look at Simon Bridges. Since he was rolled, his, at least because I've, I've met him since then, he, he seemed quite jovial and happy. Some of his social media posts, he seems a much happier person now, freed of that responsibility. I think the, the leader of the opposition was always a hard job, but particularly now against such a popular government, it must just be soul-destroying. And to have these constant series of missteps probably just uh, suck the, the, the confidence out of him. I'm going to take the majority view here. I think it's cowardly what he's done and the way he's done it without uh, giving the party an opportunity to ensure there was a smooth um, transformation of, of leadership. I mean, well, and, and particularly, Jordan, when you, when you contrast that with what Andrew Little did, where Andrew Little realised that he either wasn't the right man for the job or he no longer had the stomach for it, he actively went looking for a, a replacement. He, he uh, tapped Jacinda Ardern and he got her to take over. When John Key was Prime Minister, he didn't just resign in the lurch. He thought about who the replacement would be and went into the process of doing it. So from that respect, from that perspective, yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, I think it reveals a character flaw and that was a character flaw that I highlighted in some of my earlier columns. This He is a product of an educational system that rewards attendance rather than achievement. I think he is somebody who was used to being uh, fated and, and people doffing his cap at him. He was suddenly put in a situation where people were relentlessly hostile. Now, in fair to him, well, you know, people to like politics. Brett... 
Yeah, but see, and and that's the difference. People like Bridges, for example, have have been a minister, have been and and done the grind, have been on the receiving end of constant uh, uh, criticism and abuse. Todd Muller came from relative obscurity straight onto the, and even as a, 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 a front bencher, he didn't have a particularly high profile. And so the scrutiny that comes with a public role like that was obviously intense. He wasn't prepared for it. And, and 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 he melted down. If if this was a situation where Todd Muller realised he wasn't the right man for the job, then the correct the correct approach from the National Party perspective was to have a conversation with his kitchen kitchen cabinet, to to talk to some of the other key players, and then announce, hey, look, I'm stepping down. Um, and, and give the party a week to, to, to work out what was going on, to just throw in the towel like that. Unless there is something really serious that, that has not come to, uh, to light. I mean, he, he did have some minor um, uh, uh, legions cut out of his face. But unless there's something really serious like that, then, yeah, it is, it's a pretty disappointing thing to do to his party, particularly given the party had entrusted him with such a senior role. Yeah, well, my understanding is that in recent days, some critical staff were looking to their um, their own future and whether they might resign um, uh, shortly. But it certainly looked it looks now in hindsight, particularly the last seven days, that the wheels were starting to fall off or the experiment had failed. Let's turn to the to the most obvious question: is who would want the leadership, and who will want the leadership? Perhaps let's talk about what would be the ideal for the party before we go through the runners and the riders. The leader has to have some name recognition. They have to have uh, some credibility. And I think they have to look different to Todd Mullet. Um, well, they can't, you, you don't have a chance to introduce yourself. I mean, Todd was given, albeit a short platform, to sort of introduce himself. I don't think that there's now time, 10 weeks out from the election, to build anyone's brand. No, I think I think that's absolutely correct. So that has to be an established politician, I think. Um, and there are quite a few uh, members of caucus who would want the leadership, but they might not fit the criteria that we're setting out. Um, so it's going to be a really difficult uh, task, and it's going to be divisive. And this should have all been done behind closed doors before the announcement. It shouldn't be done in public. Well, the National Party used to pride itself on having these sorts of things sorted out before votes decided before you vote. Yeah, it's a, they, they specialised in either a coup, uh, which was swiftly done and organised behind the scenes, or in an orderly transition. And this has neither of those. Okay, well, well and, this, and this is the second time because the replacement of Simon Bridges was not done orderly or behind closed doors. It was done in the full view of the nation. It was messy, it was ugly, it was unresolved, and there were a large number of quite disgruntled Simon Bridges supporters who who did not take the result lying down, and I think that was part of the problem as well. There, there appeared to be quite a lot of leaking coming out of the National Caucus. So let's go through. The, at least based on the Twitter sphere, the runners appear to be... Judith Collins, a return of Simon Bridges, uh, and the um, the dark horse appears to be Jerry Brownlee, which a number of of right wing commentators are commenting on. Let's go th- uh, let's go through them. If you were running Judith Collins' leadership campaign, Damien, how would you be selling her? Well, um, it's quite surprising. I went to uh, Wickles this morning to buy a copy of her book, um, and and they're giving away a free set of steak knives with every Judith Collins book, which I, I thought was which I thought was nice. 
Oh, I didn't um, get stack nice when I bought my one. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's all about the timing. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be Judith, um, and uh, I understand there is a lot of resentment inside the National Party about Judith Collins, but she's got a lot going for her. She's got the name recognition. Um, uh, the question would be whether Jude, Judith wants it, um, particularly given that they're hiding for nothing. She she might be thinking it would be better to wait to because the, there'll be another election leadership question after the next election. But given how unpopular Judith is within the caucus, this may be her one and only opportunity to take it. So from that perspective, she might. They would put Jerry Brownlee in, I think, only as somebody who could potentially save the furniture. But I just don't know that Jerry Brownlee has the... And there's a lot of uh, criticism coming out of his handling of Christchurch. I don't know whether that's fair or unfair, but there's certainly a lot of criticism of his behaviour in that respect. Uh, and the other question is, for, for Simon Bridges' perspective, I don't know whether he would take it back. I mean... Um, you would, in one sense, he dodged a bullet. He he went down fighting. He refused to to hand over the relinquished power. They forced him out by a ballot, um, and since then he's kind of been gently um, reinventing himself, having pictures with the axe and and, and taking a fairly um, relaxed approach to life. He he's got the foreign affairs portfolio, which he was angling for. So he, again, it's hard to know what's going through Simon's um, mind, but but really the person who takes it, there is a very high possibility that they will only be leader for. You know, up until this election, and maybe in the new year when when they they decide to put in a new leader. But I think if you're the National Party and you're looking at the options, all roads lead to Judith. I mean, they might be trying to look for other roads and alleys and byways, but there is just an inevitability now of her taking the leadership. The question is, does does she want it? Um, but I, I actually think from Judith, that's not the calculation. The calculation is somebody else takes it. What's the chances of Judith getting the job? In the um, in the new year, and I think probably slim. So, well, a very senior National Party MP said to me about two weeks ago that Judith Collins' best chance of being leader was between now and the election. And in hindsight, that was very insightful. Um, I mean, interestingly, Judith Collins was certainly taking calls this morning. Um, Simon Bridges wasn't taking my call. I don't know whether that's an, that's an indication or not. I, I, isn't Judith's problem though what you just pointed out with the steak knife? Uh, 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 gimmick, um, Damien, that actually when you read her book, and I confess to only being halfway through, I'm certainly going to be picking up the second half this afternoon, but that it really um, brings her quite down to earth. Um, and it's actually the Judith that if you if, if you get to know, I think she's done a good job of sort of, um, of uh, inviting people to behind the caricature because it, the, the sort of Crusher Collins is a bit of a caricature that she that she is guilty of leaning into. But, I mean, the book certainly puts an end to the sort of the the dirty politics stuff behind her. Um, the other big criticism was always that she was gunning for a coup. This very clearly isn't. Um, this could well land in her lap. It's difficult to imagine her having this opportunity again. No, I don't think the opportunity will come again, particularly... If, the, if what we hear is true, that there is a lot of resentment against Judith in the caucus. Now, I don't know whether this is true or not. I think she's only run for the leadership once and didn't get it. She didn't. She did not run last time, which was interesting. So she so she sat it out and it didn't want to get her, her hands dirty. 
Um, and, and the last time she ran, there was a clean run. She wasn't involved in, in, in a coup. And so part of Judith's brand, if you like, and certainly reinforced by the book, is that, is, is that she is a loyal party member. She's loyal to, to, to the leaders, even in the instance of John Key, where they are not loyal to her and they don't stand by her. So from, from that perspective, the only if that's her brand and that's the way she's selling herself, then the only time really to go for the leadership is when there is a vacancy and there's a clear run. Um, but here's the other thing for Judith to consider. At the moment, the, the polls have National Party, according to various rumours, at 32%. Um, well, no, the, the, so if you're Judith, um, you take it now, you get the National Party up to, say, the, the, the high 30s, low 40s. That may well be considered a win, and on that basis, you may be able to hold on to the leadership until the, the next election. And that would be the appeal for, for Judith. She's not taking over a party polling in the mid-40s. She's taking over a party that is broken and desperate. And, and even a bad election result by normal National Party standards may be seen as a victory um, uh, given the current landscape. So Judith Collins' supporters last time round were arguing that while the ceiling of Todd Muller might be high, although that proved to be wrong, the floor of Judith Collins was likely to be higher. And when you're playing defensive, someone like Judith might be the um, might be the better option. Neil, if you were running Simon Bridges' campaign, assuming that he is um, in the race, how would you be selling Simon Bridges? There's a question about whether he wants to be in the race. And he's got to be tempted. There's got to be a sense that he could be vindicated, that, that, that the party comes back to him and says, OK, we, we misjudged you, we underestimated you, um, and you are now our best hope of um, getting a, a decent result in the election. I, I don't think, realistically, National is really expecting to win. Um, but they do I think need that's an to, understatement. Yeah, they do need to rebuild and be seen as a very credible uh, party and uh, hopefully, get, from, from their perspective, get some more MPs into Parliament uh, and uh, work work with that. Get oh, some well, I mean, talent. get more MPs into Parliament. I mean, these guys are facing the prospect of losing people like Chris Bishop, like um, Nicky Willis. That, that this, is, this is survival of the fittest now, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that's a real challenge. I mean, the party has been there before. I mean, I was working for them in the days when we uh, got 23% in the uh, election. Uh, and so it's, it's tough to come back because uh, if you're not seen as being credible, then you're not reported on as much. Well, the phone's off the hook. Yeah, yeah, and so it's harder to get your message across. So I think, you know, Simon could say, look... Um, People know me. Uh, I mean, he did get quite a high profile during the during the uh, pandemic response committee, um, and he did uh, come across he, basically all the points that he made. He's been criticised for criticising the government, uh, but basically most of the points he made in the committee, the government quietly a week or so later picked up on because they were valid concerns and they improved the process. Um, so yeah, I, I think he he needs to. He's got name recognition. He's got face recognition. Uh, they might still have some old signs, election signs that they printed earlier, uh, <laughs> so they could save a bit of money. Um, yeah, I, I think it's got a, it's got a, he's got a good case to make if he wants to yeah, do it. But, but, but to play against that, Neil, um, the argument would be: this is a leader who's a majority of caucus fifty odd days ago rejected. That's. That's the and and that's what the, the the government will say. I mean, okay, they've put this guy back, but uh, two months ago 
they didn't they didn't want him as a leader. He is a failed leader. They're they're re, re putting an um, uh, uh, an old tread on an old tire. Um, the the one of the advantages, and I'm not too sure that I disagree. I agree with you that that national should just take this election um, as done. If they put in Jerry Brownlee then the signal is really clear. We do not expect to win, mm. and we are simply hoping to minimise the loss. If they go for Judith Collins, they will be sending a message, and the message is we can still win this. And remember, there are two things that could undo this government. One is a community transmission of, of COVID-19, so that would cause enormous political problems for the government, particularly as they're having issues with the quarantine issue. And the second thing that could bring the government undone is if the economy tanks. Now, both of those things are outside the opposition's control. But if, uh, Melbourne if, would say that, it, that it's certainly the first is possible very quickly. It's absolutely possible. So nationals should be putting themselves in a position where there is a possibility of victory. So with Jerry Brownlee, they are sending a message to the electorate, we don't expect to win because Jerry Brownlee is just, he never turns up in the prime ministerial rankings. He doesn't come across as being prime ministerial. He comes across as somebody who you put in there to minimize the degree of the loss. Judith Collins, if you put her in there, she will not play defense. Judith Collins will go out there to win. She will play hard and she will invigorate the party in a way that I think neither Bridges nor uh, Brownlee could potentially do. So that's, I think, Judith's strongest selling point, that the party would be sending a message, we want to win, despite all of the the, the messes, the failings or the coups, we're in this and we're in this to win. And if the National Party is prepared to swallow that dead rat um, and, and you know this, the whole reason for the National Party, the whole raison d'etre, is to be in power and stop Labor being in power. And so it makes no sense for them to uh, to, to draft somebody like uh, Brownlee. The, the, I mean, the fundamental question, if that's the case, then is who is best able to take on the Prime Minister? It's not clear to me how Jacinda Ardern would react to being gilded by, or um, gouged rather, by Judith Collins. In fairness, though, Simon Bridges kept, is the guy who kept the Nats in the 40s up right up until COVID-19. And, I mean, there was a comment by a uh, very senior press gallery journalist at our Christmas party last year, and he just thought it was going to given that the National Party were going to win this year's election. It's, it is... Um, I mean, the, both of them have, have that point to sell. On Jerry, I mean, Jerry, I think, will be remembered by the National Party when he eventually moves on of actually being a fantastic, loyal deputy leader under Don Brash. I mean, the Cullen model of being deputy leader of one of the major parties is you protect the leader. And whenever there was a bad day under Don Brash, Jerry would pick himself up, deal with it competently and was actually a very safe pair of hands there. Whether that he's the man to be leader, though, and take on Jacinda Ardern in the debates is pretty pretty hard to imagine. Let's go. I've got a, a slightly different perspective on that. I mean, I've I've known Jerry for a long time, and he 
has a very good policy mind, which a lot, not many people know how sharp he is policy-wise. He's also a very good speaker. Uh, he's a very good shadow leader of the House. And he has a, a personality that connects well uh, with people. Uh, and he can be very, very funny. And, you know, he has some gravitas, uh, but he also has the popular touch. And I think it would be an interesting clash of styles between... Uh, him and Jacinda in the house uh, and on the campaign trail and I think you know he has a much better knowledge of parliamentary procedures but that uh, doesn't matter we've only got two more weeks of parliament until the election well that is true but yeah I, I think you know leaders are judged by the first sort of question time and and that was you know Todd Miller spent a lot of time preparing for his first question time because that's what the the journalists would be focusing on so that's going to be a focus for the, the new leader, whoever that is. And I think it was also worth considering, um, we haven't talked about Nikki Kay, uh, who's the acting leader at the moment. And I think we're making the assumption that she's sticking to her word that she doesn't want to be leader, but things have changed a lot since this morning. Well, let's go through the other riders then. The, the, the ones we had down were Amy Adams, Paula Bennett, Paul Goldsmith and, and Nikki Kay. Let's start with Amy. Um, Damien, if... You were running Amy's campaign. What would your pitch be? <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, I don't. I that, don't know that there are any sound um, points for uh, Amy. I mean, I mean, um, uh, she lost uh, the one time that she won, and um, rumours are that she lost quite badly. Um, despite being around for a long time, I don't think she has particularly high name recognition outside of the Beltway. She doesn't come across as particularly charismatic or forceful. Um, she is over detail. I mean, she is fantastic um, uh, over the detail. I yeah, but I mean, but I mean, so what? I mean, do, does anybody really believe that Jacinda Ardern is over the detail? Because she certainly doesn't give that impression. But politically, she is an incredibly effective operator and communicator. You don't being over the detail. I think is as as a handicap more than it is anything else. And there's something else to bear in mind. And I think this is part of Tom Muller's problem. You've got to you've got to stand for something. You've got to have a core belief. You got there's got to be a reason why you are in politics. And with Bridges, he had a, um, a, a conservative ideology. You get the similar sense with Judith Collins that, that she believes in something. Um, Jerry Brownlee's greatest selling point is, is that he's competent. Um, uh, Amy Adams, okay, right, she, she might be over the detail, but where does Amy Adams sit? I mean, is she a wet? Is she a dry? I mean, would she know the difference between Bastiat and a bagel? I, I don't get the sense from Amy Adams that there is anything fundamentally philosophical about her and I think that would come across as a problem so I why think too harsh we worked pretty closely with Amy in the capital gains tax campaign and found her um, pretty good to deal with it might be though that she's best suited for a deputy leadership spot or you finance at, minister well she did fail to she did really fail to fire in terms of the the high profile zingers um, or attacks on on Grant Robinson when she had that had that role. I mean, when you look compared, for example, you contrast uh, Judith and Amy. You've got a potential leader and deputy leadership there that you've got, and balancing them out in terms of um, urban, rural, um, Auckland, South Island, um, and even um, I think Judith's a bit more liberal than than Amy in terms of social issues. Paula Bennett has she left it too late? 
I think she's announced that she's retiring, so she would have to... Um, well, Amy unannounced she was retiring. Yeah, so there would have to be another unannouncement. And that that's a funny look. That's hard to explain to people about, you know, a month ago you were so keen to go for family reasons and, and now suddenly it's completely changed because you might be leader. Um, I, I, I don't think Paula legitimately wants it anymore. I, I think she she's resigning uh, for the right reasons and... and and on her own, well, she's terms. young enough to have another career as well. Yep, and she's she's talented enough to have another career easily. I mean, that's one of the things that, that about National Party MPs is that when they finish politics, they generally can go on to have a very successful career elsewhere. Um, whereas a lot of Labour politicians are kind of reliant on uh, getting government jobs or ambassadorships. Well, at 7 o'clock tonight, we understand the National Party caucus will be meeting here in Wellington. No doubt there will be plenty more updates in this in this race. Gentlemen, thank you for joining Taxpayer Talk. Thank you. Now the race is on and here comes pride up the backstretch. Heartaches are going to the inside. My tears are holding back. They're trying not to fall. My heart's out of the running. True love scratched for another's sake. The race is on and it looks like heartaches.